When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope everyone is having a great week. It is a beautiful week here in the New York area. Hope the same for you. Hard to believe we are at the end of October. Hope everyone has had a great October to start off Q4. Again, if you have any questions as to your goals to end this year strong, feel free to reach out to us at Sustainable Success Coaching and Consulting at Chris at ChristopherSalem.com or Chris at SustainableSuccess.net. Also, if you'd like to have any new content that you have not seen here on the show, feel free to reach out to us and let us know what you'd like to hear. And we make sure that the right subject matter experts that we can bring in to share their insights and personal experience to help move your business and personal success to the next level. Today's show is being brought to you today by Global Awakened Events. This is going to be an event and yacht mastermind taking place in Miami, the February 29th through March 2nd, that is hump day. And this is going to be an opportunity to meet with thought leaders that will be coming in around the world, sharing their insights and experience, helping you to move your brand and business to the next level. If you'd like some more information about attending and an opportunity now to rub elbows with key decision makers, thought leaders, people that can help elevate your business to the next level, you're only three feet from gold here. Feel free to reach out at Global Awakened events.com. That's globalawakenedevents.com. Well, today's show is going to be also aired here on Apple, as well as Spotify, iHeart as well. And you can also visit us at our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. There we've had many of our great guests sharing their words of wisdom and insights, taking your business to the next level. Well, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about top legal mistakes business owners Make And we have the privilege here today to be with Anna uh, Juneja, and she is going to be sharing some valuable insights into this particular area to help protect your business from any type of legal mistakes that other businesses have made in the past. And before we introduce her, I want to give a little bit of information about her. She is an award-winning intellectual property attorney and the founder of Anna Law. She helps celebrities, athletes, influencers, startups, and entrepreneurs and corporations secure and monetize their brand and ideas in the U.S. and abroad. Her uh, Anna Law is the first and only law firm that offers that fee, 100% guaranteed patent, trademark, and copyright success and copyright services. She has 100% success rate and often speaks on important topics such as emerging legal issues surrounding security, AI, and social media. She has an extensive experience with social media, intellectual property, infringement issues, and so forth. Her insider connections with premier media agencies allowed her to have direct access to key social media platforms, such as Meta, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, now known as X. These essential services are an important component of brand protection strategy for Anna's celebrity athlete and influencer clients. And without further ado, we welcome Anna Chuneja to the show. Anna, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you for having me and thank you for the great intro. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much. Well, 
I know we 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 are so looking forward to talking about you know some of the things that can you know help businesses you know also brands you know help to protect themselves moving forward as they grow and it's so important that they're getting the proper legal advice. If you wouldn't mind if you could share a little bit you know to kind of start the, this show off, what are some of the common legal mistakes business owners make in today's environment? Yeah, that's such a good question. So I would say there's a few key mistakes that people make that can cost them thousands, hundreds of thousands sometimes. I would say the number one most common mistake is definitely going to be operating with a lack of contracts or with improper contracts. So this is going to prevent you from getting paid, biggest thing, I would say or it's going to prevent you from getting your deliverables of whatever it is you thought you were going to get paid for. So those two things, whether you're dealing with clients or vendors in your business or other employees, you know, different people who you're going to have to interact with, contracts are really, really key, even though they're a big headache for everyone. Yeah. It's kind of like a, they don't really matter until they really matter. And when they really matter, if you don't have it, you're kind of screwed. So that being said, you know, caution to every business owner out there, even very established businesses tend to operate some portion of their business without contracts where there should be contracts. Well, and and that's a great thing because a contract isn't just a contract. Sometimes I've seen, especially, you know, solopreneurs or even small businesses, they'll like find a, a, a sample agreement or contract online and kind of modify it to what they think it should be thinking that's going to suffice and then you know god forbid something happens then they realize that that contract was missing a lot of key elements that you know would have you know had they gone to an attorney that like yourself that you know would would have said hey you know this isn't a cookie cutter process that you know you, you know you this wouldn't have happened so yeah, if you could share some of the insights, what would be some of the things quite often missed on agreements and contracts? Yeah, so I mean, having at least something is usually better than nothing, but not always. So, <laughs> you know, just operating with no contracts is really bad because then everything is up in the air and it's really hard to prove what you're owed and things like that. One of the most important clauses in most business type of contracts is going to be clauses that relate to payment, right? Because what is it that you're paying for? What amount are you paying for it? And then what is it in exchange that is being received or given or whatever the agreement is for? So if it's a contract with an independent contractor or a vendor, you know, if you have a software subscription, you know, and it says in there that you're paying X amount of dollars to have access to this software, and then that software glitches and doesn't give you access, you know, for 30 days, I mean, you want all of those future scenarios written in that contract so that you can either get paid your money back or if you're the software company so that you don't have to pay that money back for factors out of your control. So there's always a way to make your contract favorable to you and fair, of course, as well. So protective and fair, um, you know, as the attorney, if I'm hired to draft or review or negotiate contracts for someone, I'm obviously on my client side. And so I'm going to have to aggressively protect their interests in the contract and still make it fair and equitable so that it doesn't doesn't um, have a chance of getting thrown out in court. 
So that is just something to keep in mind is that contracts have a specific purpose and each party may have different objectives of what they need to get out of that contract. And that has to be balanced in a way that it's not going to completely invalidate the contract. So there's a lot of times, you know, where people just have obnoxious contracts and then the, you know, judge will just throw it out or, or at least that clause. So that's one thing. <laughs> well, no, that was some great points. And you, and what, what I, what I pulled away from what you said is this is so important that, you know, you take the time to do, you do the work up front in order to save the aggravation and potentially, God forbid, litigation on the back end if 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 something is was missing. It can just be that one little thing that you take for granted thinking, ah, that's not a big deal. And then it becomes a big deal. You know, the more specific, clear and concise the contract is in those scenarios that you pointed out, any of those things can happen. And when they do, if they're not written into the contract, then it's he said, she said type of thing. And, you know, and it may not always work favorably for the person that is at stake to receive the money. Yes, exactly. Contracts are very important. Yeah, you just have to make sure that everybody's on the same page. A lot of times we will have clients come to us and say, you know, I asked them, okay, did you have a contract? What did it say? And either they don't have a contract, which is a very common scenario, or they can't find their contract. That's another thing. Don't lose the contracts that you've signed. Because if you've signed a document, it's a legally binding agreement. And if you don't have a HR person specifically in your business who handles every single contractor in-house counsel, which a lot of small and medium businesses do not, then you just need to make sure that as the business owner or one executive or somebody on the team is handling record keeping of contracts too. That's another big mistake that you wouldn't think happens, but it happens. Yeah, absolutely. And what would be some things like if, you know, again, this would be more, I mean, it can be for anybody, but more for the, you know, the, some of the small business owners, you know, what, is there like a checklist, something that you feel like are some of the common things that besides what you've shared that they should be looking for and making sure that somebody like you, a lawyer is, you know, has that spit, you know, has that written out correctly and not just assuming what they maybe pulled off a template somewhere. Yeah, I would say obviously the payment terms are really important. Payment and deliverables, termination terms are very important. Refund policy, really important. And then um, if you are in certain states like California, you know, has very strict provisions in terms of their privacy policies and online usage and things. So those terms can be very important depending on where your contract is based out of. And then another bringing that up is for the small business owner, maybe their single member LLC. Obviously, where you establish your LLC is very important, but then where you are agreeing to litigate the contract, you know, in the future for uh, that's very important too. Because if you are litigating in a state like California, I mean, your life is going to be way different than if you're litigating in a state, you know, like Delaware or Wyoming. So where things are smoother, business friendly versus California, where it's, you know, you never know, really. Yeah, it, it tends to be an employee fa favored state, not not the other way around. <laughs> yes, yes. And then um, for pretty much everybody now, every business now, your IP clause, your intellectual property clause is very important as well. And um, that's just because everybody's kind of on the internet. Everybody pretty much has some sort of brand or content they're creating. 
and all of your employees and vendors, you know, they have, they have clauses of that too, or they have all that content and things that they're doing and, you know, deciding who owns what, who's allowed to do what with what, <laughs> and then, at, uh, how much anybody is going to get paid for anything that's going on in the future. You know, that's really important having provisions in there that say, you know, as a business owner that your vendor or your employee, whoever you're dealing with, uh, you own their IP for whatever they're creating for you. Those type of terms are very, very important and they can bite you down the road. And also just liability clauses in your contract, NDAs, NDA clauses, it can be a clause in your contract. Those type of things are really key. Yeah, I've seen that, you know, I guess we could maybe we could chat about this. And I know I'd like you to, you know, even chat later about the IP, because that's so important, you know, here, because we have a lot of people that build brands and stuff and, and have content and products and that type of collateral. But, you know, get like like a like a, a non-compete agreement. I've always seen that those are sometimes issues. A lot of people just sign those thinking like, oh, yeah, they're no big deal. If something happens, I go and if I leave a company and you know i go to do my own thing you know that that those things don't really hold up and then they realize oh my god i why did i sign that now i am i'm locked out for is there like certain things because sometimes we find that happens we've heard that come up here on the show not that it, it comes up in with the, any of the guests we've had but but just in general when we, when i have talked to people some people have been you know confined you know held confined to a a, a non-compete agreement that they accidentally had signed so would that be something they should be they should watch out for? Absolutely. You um, might sign something when you're 25 and now you're 35, still at the same company, and you're still under those provisions. And maybe you want to have a side hustle. You know, you might be restricted. So there's lots to uh, think about there. So non-competes, though, in particular, non-competes. This is not NDAs. That's different. That's, that's completely, yeah, that, that's that's completely yeah. different. People get them confused, but... Uh, with the recent administration legal changes that have come about, the law has changed a little bit and non-competes are largely unenforceable in this moment in time in history. Who knows wow, what will I, happen? That's in interesting. The so, so they're not as, they're not, they don't, I, I've learned something here. So they're not as powerful as they were. That's, that's good to know. And yes. Um, so wow. the law is very unfavorable at the moment. You know, things can change at any time, but currently the law is quite unfavorable to non-competes. So that's just something to think about. However, you know, if you're signing something and the non-compete is going to potentially be considered reasonable in court, then that is, you know, something maybe that you will be bound to. Well, yeah, like if it's like two years, that would be understandable. But if somebody says you can't compete, you know, for five or 10 years, that that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of those boilerplate contracts have very overbroad that are just used generally in in large companies, small companies, corporations, they are very overbroad in their non-compete. So, you know, the law is not very favorable to enforcing those anymore, but still you are signing a contract, which is a legally binding document, which means you kind of have to agree with everything in the document. So that's something to negotiate out before you sign. Got it. Got it. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That was some really great information. And we hope listeners that you're taking notes because this is some valuable information and don't take this for granted. This is really important stuff that we, we find that the businesses that do very, very well and move forward have really sound, incredible legal advice, making sure you align yourself with 
an attorney that understands business, somebody like Anna, and you're going to get to know a little bit about where you can reach her here later in the show. Anna, we got about three minutes till the break. And I, I guess, you know, I want to get into the IP, but I'm going to wait till the, the second segment. But let's yeah, anything else that you would want to elaborate on what you talked about uh, in this case, like NDAs, because the NDAs are quite popular. And, you know, people like when people are starting up a business and they make you sign an NDA and all. And a lot of people just go ahead and go, yeah, yeah they just sign, especially with electronic signatures these days. People just, you know, and they sign something not even reading the fine print. <laughs> yeah, like a one click thing. So NDAs are really crucial for businesses, business owners. You definitely need to make sure that if you're dealing with any sort of IP or proprietary information in your business, which you definitely are, that you have people who are exposed to that info and using it, that they sign that NDA. But as the on the other side, maybe if you're an employee somewhere and you have a side hustle, probably a lot of people in that position, maybe you you know, ha- still have your job, but you are starting your own business, you know, what have you signed in that NDA? So that is really, really important. It's very fact specific because it's going to depend on the language used in the contracts that are being written or that you've signed. But it's something people overlook a lot. It is not a bad thing to sign an NDA. It's how businesses can function. Another thing is NDAs are not bulletproof. Uh, what you are giving yourself is sort of the right to enforce your future potential in that proprietary information you're trying to protect. But it doesn't mean that just because somebody signed an NDA that they are completely predictable. Humans are unpredictable. You never know when someone's going to go blab, tell their mother, father, spouse, girlfriend, whatever it is, and that that will go along that telephone chain. You never know when people are going to kind of turn. You know, it's just... uh, Humans are unpredictable. NDAs, no contract should be seen as bulletproof, but you know, it's uh better than it's kind of like body armor. Like you still need yeah. it, but <laughs> you shouldn't just, oh, everyone in my life has signed an NDA. Let me go talk to everyone and their mother. No. Yeah. You know, you still everything is still need to know basis, but yep. NDAs are, you know, important. Got it. Well, this is great. I know we got to go to break, but uh, you got so much more to share with us. I know. And I cannot wait to the, after we get back from the commercial break, you're going to be sharing some more insights to IP. Again, if you have any questions, anybody, and you'd like to reach out to Anna, you'll have a chance to reach out to her at the end of the show with, with her contact information. And you could also reach out to me direct and I will, we will make sure that she gets that information as well. We got to go to break, everybody. When we come right back, we got more to come with top legal mistakes business owners make. And we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. 
Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. If you're just joining us, we're talking about top legal mistakes business owners make. We're here with Anna Juneja, and she is just, if you go back and listen to this podcast later, there are some gems that she had left about NDAs and non-competes. And now we're going to be talking about more about IP. This is critical to any business owner, whether if you're a small business owner, a solopreneur, running a small company, a mid-sized company, and above, this is important. So we got, uh, Anna, I know that, you know, IP is such a, really important area for any type of business. And I know there's some different types of IP. Can you run us through the process, you know, that a business owner or a business can do to properly prepare to make sure their IP is protected? Yeah, definitely. IP is so important. In fact, it's usually worth 40 to 60% of the business's value. This is including even a small business solopreneur. In fact, the smaller your business, the more valuable your IP is because you don't have any cushion to make mistakes with it. And rebrands and loss of IP rights are very, very expensive if you're a small business. So they usually wipe them out if that if it happens <laughs> to them. So I always think of protecting your IP in terms of registering your IP and enforcing it, monitoring it as insurance. You know, you might have to pay a few thousand dollars here and there to do things the right way, but I would not be in business if people actually did that. I make you know way more money when people make the mistakes with their IP. That's how we make money, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, but it's unfortunate that you know it happens a lot because, but you know, yeah, it, it's yeah. So, but no, this you know, is such an important thing. But keep going. Sorry, I didn't want to, but I wanted just to you know back you up what you were saying. Yeah, uh, if people were just registering, you know, their their trademarks, patents, copyrights, the normal way, I wouldn't be in business. So I don't have any incentive to come on here and give these tips. It's way better when the mistakes are made and we're having to go off to court. But, um, you know, there's a few different types of IP that businesses can have. Typically, it's going to be four big chunks. So one is going to be copyright two is trademark, three is patents, and four is trade secrets. So copyrighted content or copyrighted work is basically any sort of art, work of art, they say. Original work of authorship, I think, is the official definition. So this is really things like photos, videos, movies, songs, voice recordings, podcasts, books, literature, poems, architecture, software. So there is a lot of types of IP that fall into copyright, but things that people think fall into copyright, like logos, you know, they don't fall into copyright. So you have to be very careful when you're selecting what type of 
intellectual property you're dealing with in order to properly protect it and enforce it. So that is copyright. It's basically works of authorship, art, and then trademarks are brands. So this is like name, logos, slogans. Also, you can trademark things like colors, you know, Target Red, Louboutin Red, like the red bottom shoes and UPS Brown, Tiffany Blue, probably some colors you guys have heard of, you know, are trademarked colors themselves, just the color like Reese's Orange, things that are very famous colors. And you can also trademark things like jingles, basically anything that is identifying your company as the source of the goods and services you provide is trademark, you know, your trademark brand. So all those are elements of that. I wanted to ask you when it, you know, when the trademark, you know, when you get something like oftentimes when people trademark something, it's like something that represents them. Like I know, like for me, my trademark is America's prospereur. So what are the likelihood someone's going to say, I'm, I'm a prospereur, not, not likely. So uh, you know, my trademark, it was probably, you know, not a common one, except for America. That Yeah. But if somebody said like a color, like orange, orange this, orange that, that is so, that could apply to so many different things. That could, that could be, would, correct me if I'm wrong, would that cost, that could cost, cost a pretty penny to trademark that slogan if it had, a, you know, a common word like that in it. Yeah, definitely. It can be a bit of a process. It really depends on what exactly it is, because there are definitely okay. common words that can sail through. I mean, the Ohio University just trademarked the word the. So you really? Can, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you'd be shocked. And, you know, Facebook also trademarked meta, right? Four letter meta. Yeah. And they probably spent 20 million on that. Oh, I, um, I bet. I bet. So, you can spend a lot doing that kind of stuff. I mean, I've trademarked three-letter, two-letter trademarks before, and they sailed through with no extra work. So it really is fact-specific on what it is. But I, I, I heard say- a rumor. I heard a rumor, and I mean, I mean, not that it's a rumor anymore, but years ago, uh, Gene Simmons of Kiss had trademarked. I think was it orange juice or something like that. I don't know if maybe that was if I'm hearing it correctly. But I mean, I, but the guy is a genius when it comes to making money. So it wouldn't surprise me if he if he got if he did that and it, and he owned that trademark. <laughs> I mean, you can trademark common words in alternate categories. You know, Apple is it's considered arbitrary. So Apple is trademarked. It's a common word trademark for electronics, right? You wouldn't associate fruit with electronics except for Apple. So that is you know can be slightly easier to get through in those situations. So it's really fact specific. And also there might be very uncommon words that sim- someone else simply came up with and also filed for. It happens every day. There's thousands, tens of thousands of trademarks filed every day. And it's kind of like real land. Your trademark real estate is also shrinking. You know, over time, it's like you can't go on and get the Gmail you want right now. You have to add. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you try to get a Gmail. You're not going to get it. Yeah. Unless you're like you add like a gazillion numbers next to it or something. Yep. Even if you think your name is very unique, you know, the landscape is so different than it was even 10 years ago because people, there's been a surge in small businesses that, you know, really are protecting their brand. So it's kind of like with trademark, timing is tricky with IP because your protection lasts for different amounts of time and you need to be strategic, especially I'll talk about that when I talk about patents, but with trademarks, it's really like the earlier, the better. That minute that that thought of whatever brand you want, that name, logo, slogan, whatever comes in your head, you need to be getting that filing in like as soon as possible. There's so many times like a there, my clients will come to me and like one day 
before somebody filed the mark they wanted. And once that happens, it doesn't mean you can't have it, but your option now just became 10 times more expensive. So that became like a two, $3,000 issue to like a $35,000 issue because you have to kill the other person's mark and, you know, pursue yours in with a rush filing fee and all of that. So, you know, like I said, it's, it's, I wouldn't be in business if everybody did everything right. It's all these situations that. And, and it's very smart that, especially for those businesses that are going to be very serious about, even if they're small, but they're going to, they're, they're, their goal is to grow. Maybe they're going to be, you know, raising capital at some point. They're going to, you know, go IPO. So it's very important that, you know, you don't take those shortcuts up front. Like, hey, like it just any lawyer can take care of that for me. And well, maybe it's probably better you use a lawyer that that specializes in IP, trademarks and, and stuff like that, because that's all they do. And, and they know what to look for. Not just any lawyer is going to be up to speed. It's not like you're going to go if you had surgery and you got to have, uh, you know, orthopedic surgery, you're going to go to cardiologist to do that. It's not going to happen. So you got to have somebody that understands that 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 niche area of, of law. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, IP is very specialized. I, other attorneys, they don't even know like what our court system is called and things like that. And in fact, for patents, at least we have a separate bar for patents. You have to have a science degree and a law degree to do that. And very few people kind of go into that world because of the requirements of it. For the uh, science, because they don't have the science. Like they don't yeah. have a science background usually. Yeah. So, wow. and I have a life science, like a biology and chemistry background and the law is unfavorable right now to bio, like life science and computer science. It's very favorable to like electrical engineering and things like that right now. But still, you know, in the patent world, there's, there's not very many. So we kind of start to intermingle into a little bit of other fields outside of our expertise. <laughs> but so I'll, I'll talk about patents. So trademarks. Yeah, yeah, please very, do. Very please do. Trademarks, you know, the earlier, the better. They also last forever. Like they're like a line item on your taxes and you can pass them down to your kids or through your business, you know, so they're a, a real asset, a long term asset. Uh, when it comes to patents, patents, the timing is a little more tricky because they only last for 20 years and um, you only have a, a certain amount of a grace period. Patents protect inventions or um, novel improvements upon previous inventions. So this is going to be like tools, a uh, chemical, a potentially some types of computer programs and things like that. So that is really what patents protect. It's like inventions when you've invented something, that's patents. People get these terms very confused. It's very important for business owners to understand what they have that's protectable via copyright, what they have that's you know, protectable via trademarks, what they have protectable via patents. And if you don't have things that are protectable via real IP rights, you might not want to pursue them because it's easy to get ripped off and your business isn't going to be valuable at all. So those are all things that people really need to consider when they're in the early stages of developing their business or before they, you know, launch new products and things. You want to make sure that what you're doing is actually worth it, that it's going to have any value. There's a reason on Shark Tank they ask, do you have your patents and trademarks? So, you know, that's one thing. So patents, you know, they protect inventions. The timing is tricky because they have a limited term. You only get protection for a small window and they're expensive to pursue more than, you know, other types of IP. So 
you know, you have to make sure that once you get started in that process, you have all the money to pursue it. Sometimes that means getting investor funding and all of that. And also when it comes to patent. And and that's an important part, like you said, because to get the investor capital, especially if it's angel investors, seed money for that initial round, when there's a patent in place, that that gives that that angel investor more security that the you know that this org this 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 startup is serious and they they got yes. that locked up. It's not something that's pending or in the works, so to speak. Exactly. So a lot of people do still have their patents pending when they go seek investor funding because that does protect you in the sense that your investor can't go out, you know, and just replicate it and do whatever and call your bluff. If you just have an NDA, that can happen because you don't have a real filing. In in America, we are, for patents, we're a first to file country. That means even if you go and invent something, if you don't file your patent and someone else files it before you, you don't get it, you know? So there's no room for, well, there, there are some obscure procedures where you can do that stuff, but realistically, we're a first to file country. It's whoever is first to file wins. So the law recently changed to be that way. For trademarks, it's the first to use. So you can fight it out. There's a lot better procedures for trademark law to fight that out. Not for um, patents, though. It's it's very it's pretty strict. And with patents, you can also bar yourself from getting a patent on something. So if you've gone and invented this new tool or this new device, and then you think, okay, I'm not, I don't have, you know. 10 to 20k right now to patent this i'm just gonna go sell it and then you see all these people selling it and you're like oh wait i need to go get the patent on it but you are outside of that one year grace period where you haven't filed a patent let's say you did it two years ago you're out of luck you're not allowed to file a patent on that so So now now it's open game somebody can mirror that and and put in and beat perhaps beat you to it and now that you know you're pretty much yeah, well, you can still go through the process of invalidating them getting a yeah. patent, but you can't protect it yourself. So, like, are you really yeah. going to go? But do that's that? going to be, but like you said, that's going to cost a lot of money in in legal fees. Yeah, and then that. you don't get the benefit of getting the patent. You just invalidate the other person. So it's the the patent office does not want people to be able to pick and choose when they protect their IP. They want you to go through the right process that you invent, you protect. You don't invent a bunch, you know, invent things, go test them out and then retroactively try to protect them. Mm. So it gives you one year, like 12 months to be able to, you know, create something and file a patent on it. And if you don't file a patent within one year of publicly disclosing it, you are not really able to get that patent anymore, even if you are yourself the creator of it. Mm. So there's lots of little rules and the timing is very tricky with patents. So very early on in the development process, you should be discussing with your attorney. I, and I, I agree. And and I, I, I've had, you know, a, a many years experience as an investor. I've worked, you know, done a lot of pitch evaluations for startups. And this is often something that comes up because a lot of times when I'm looking at a new product, you know, there there's there's a patent pending or, you know, maybe perhaps they, they haven't even started that process. And that's always the first thing I I recommend to them because I said, you know, no one's probably going to invest in this idea unless there's some kind of patent to protect it because God forbid somebody beats you to it. You know, now that, that you know, you're, you know, it's not worth investing in your, your company exactly. at this point. And you could have had the greatest, you know, you could have been the, the, the ideal company to make this happen, but you didn't do it the correct way to, you know, to get it, get it moving in the right direction. 
And in, in those cases, there's other things that your attorney can do. You could, they can uh, work with you to overcome some of the prior patents and prior inventions out there. You can make some tweaks, make it more valuable, things like that. But that's just something that, you know, if you are working with someone during the development process that you can make those tweaks. You know, if you've gone and sent to your manufacturer to produce 100K of something, you're, you know, you're just out of your investment then. So <laughs> kind of <laughs> lots to think about before you make major investments, especially for like physical things. So, so true. And this is so important, like you said, that that even when you're thinking about, hey, I'm thinking about this new idea or I'm thinking about starting a company that make this. The, these are the things that, yeah, you have to start thinking about like now. You're not, you're not waiting till later. You got to start thinking about these now and because this is so, so important that, you know, the legal route is, is so important that a lot of times people end up now when they start looking at it, it's it's reaction to something that now they got to fight to get out of. So I know we got it less than a minute, you know, to the break. Anything that you would like to sum up, Anna, or anything that you'd like to add to really drive home what you shared during this segment? Yeah, I guess I'll just say, you know, a lot of people, they take their IP rights in particular for granted. You know, your LLC is not protecting the name of your business. You can name your LLC, you know, one, two, three garbage LLC. It really doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with whether you own that brand or not. So IP rights are like, if you lose them, you lose them. They are hard to get back or are very expensive. So, you know, do things right the first time is my last take-home message. Uh, do, do things. Yeah, I can't agree more 100%. So I know we, we got more to come. You're going to be sharing some more insights to close this this strong or this show that has been so strong with the content you're sharing. Again, we highly encourage everybody that's listening right now and those listening later, listen to this show in its entirety. Again, there is a lot of great information. This is the difference of where you are and where you desire to be in your business don't take this for granted. We got to go to break. And when we come right back, we got more with top legal mistakes business owners make. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. 
or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Today's show is being brought to you today by Global Awakened Events. This event will be taking place February 29th through March 3rd. And this is an event that will be bringing trailblazers, thought leaders from around the world, sharing their insights and experience to help move your brand and business to the next level. If you are desiring to create more impact and influence and help take your business to the next level, this is an opportunity to be three feet from gold, to rub elbows with people that can help you do that. This is a great event for if you're looking for a mentor. And if you'd like more information, as there's going to be a yacht mastermind to conclude the event. I mean, that's going to be great being on a yacht and then masterminding with some some heavy duty people. Feel free to check out globalawakenedevents.com. That's globalawakenedevents.com. So, Anna, you've shared so much great information here in this show. And let's just talk a little bit about, you know, businesses, no matter what size they are. But particularly if we're talking, you know, maybe gearing on some of the smaller ones, because oftentimes they may not realize how important this is. Talk about the importance of audits not only like an annual audit, but like quarterly audits that can help them get a a pulse of where they are legally and in their business to move forward. Yeah, I always recommend to my clients and audience that quarterly audits in your business for anything legal is a good way to keep things in check. Very preventative, you know, businesses have a lot going on and a lot more a lot more people but you i mean you go to the dentist twice a year get your checkup right things are a lot cheaper and quicker to fix when you catch them earlier on whether it's you know health or business really it's you know kind of the same thing so i recommend people really do a deep dive into their business around the beginning of each quarter so this means go through what have you done in terms of vendors what have you and you know who are you engaging with do you have proper contracts in place for them are all of your contracts signed do you have your record keeping done are all of your payments up to date then you know you can do a little audit on your accounts receivable you know are people are people delivering to you the money that they owe you the deliverables that they owe you whether it's vendors clients whatnot you know keeping all that stuff in check and not letting it go for years or many many months unattended to can help um, just make everything smoother. Lots of states have statute of limitations for breach of contract and things like that. Very important to do all of that. Um, in yeah, terms that, of that's important. Contract. The statute of limitations, I so important that oftentimes people, you know, forget about that and then yes, too late. So you want to keep on top of your documentation in terms of you know who are you engaging with. Every quarter, you know, most businesses are going to be adding on new people, new vendors, new new independent contractors, new employees, new clients. That's a long time in a business cycle to just not have any new interaction. So probably every quarter you're going to have something to do in that realm, probably going to have something to do in your accounts receivable realm or just keeping up with all the tasks that deliverables for other things. You know, if you've hired a marketing team or an SEO team, have they delivered to everything, you know, that they're supposed to so far? Otherwise, keep things in check. You know, when it comes to your intellectual property, you um, want to make sure that you go through an audit. What have you created? Okay, what, you know, are you working with new social media managers? Have you created any new content? Have you made some new graphics or videos that you're running ads on and they absolutely need to be protected because you lose all the ad money, you know, if you don't copyright protect that. 
So what have you created, you know, during that quarter? And then, you know, what is the most high priority to make sure that you get go and protect? What can wait? You know, at least having a grip on your IP and a grip on your business in general, you know, can help you understand and evaluate where you need to budget, where you need to budget your money and your time and where you need to allocate, where maybe you need to allocate further in the future. So, you know, handling your IP on a quarterly basis and just thinking about what have we actually done? What have we created? Maybe, you know, you've hired a bunch of new engineers. Are all of their contracts all set to go with their IP clauses that you own everything? You know, if they're researching and developing for you, all of these type of things are really best done. Like I said, again, I'm hitting this point home, but on a regular quarterly at minimum basis. So focusing on the things that can prevent you any headache long term is really good. And then also just doing the normal compliance things. So this means making sure for whatever field you're in, your insurances and your licenses that are required are taken care of. Keeping up with that stuff on a quarterly basis is really good. You know, you never want to just have your business go under because you forgot to renew your liquor license or whatever and you got caught, right? So having really good, you know, systems and processes in place also helps with that kind of stuff, making sure everybody's up to date on all of that. So um, that is kind of a general legal audit that I would say to do. Another big one, I actually can't believe that I didn't mention this earlier, is making sure you are internet compliant. A lot of you guys might actually be transitioning from brick and mortar to online business or creating an online business itself. That's a very common type of business is having some sort of digital presence. And you want to make sure that you have things like your terms of service, your privacy policy, your um, you know, ADA compliance, you know, lot, there's lots of people who will just file an ADA lawsuit against you and say, you know, hey, I, I'm, I have a disability and this website's not compliant and, you know, try to get money out of you. I don't want to say that that's the case, but this is America and I've had many clients who's, who that's happened to. So, you know, you might want to just take care of your internet compliance and make sure that your website is not illegal when people go to it and it's not going to get you in trouble. Something that's very overlooked, even for very large businesses, very established businesses, you know, not everybody is a digital entrepreneur or very internet savvy. So, you know, just making sure that you um, keep up with all of that, really important. Things like when you do get a trademark, let's say you get a trademark registered, taking that second to go and write that into your website's terms of service that, hey, this is a registered trademark, don't use it. That can save you down the road, you know, when you have to go and deal with that situation. So just regularly doing audits in terms of deep diving of anything that's changed and how it's going to legally affect your business is really good. Um, this is something you can do, you should do on your own. And you should not, um, you know, wait for anybody to tell you to do these things. But obviously, it's best done with an attorney because they kind of know the questions to ask. They know the risk factors involved with your business, but this is not something that you should skip out on just because you don't want to deal with an attorney quarterly. Yeah. So important what you just said. And, and, and this is why it's so critical that, that you, you align yourself with a lawyer. That's, you know, in this case, somebody like you, that, that can really be on top of these things. And these are the things that are going to really help save you a lot of time and money on the back end 
if if you know if you're prepared and you do the things these things up front. So I'm so happy that you shared that. Anything else that you could share about what you're talking about audits and uh, anything else that that the you know that that small business owners, small companies. We have CEOs that listen to this from small companies that, you know, that could benefit from what you're sharing here in this area. Yeah. One thing in particular I'll point out because I did touch on the IP. Uh, of course, think about what all you're creating and then kind of prioritize it. And how you should think of this is if your best friend opened up a business and did exactly that and kind of stole your IP or neighbor, not your best friend, anyone, they opened up shop next to you did exactly the same thing. Maybe they took your your name and then they started saying, hey, I'm also, you know, XYZ store and you should buy for me. Would that hurt your business? If yes is the answer, then, you know, you need to be protecting that. That's priority then because you never really know when anybody in any state or any country is going to come in and, and follow that trademark or follow that patent or take your photo that you're running 100K of ads on and just run their own ads and now you're losing everything. So you don't want um, your business marketing initiatives to be going to waste. So regularly protecting is important for that reason. It's not just to have a bunch of fancy paperwork. In fact, everything is electronic. You don't even need any paperwork. You know, you can throw away your like actual as paperwork. long as we have it protected in the <laughs> as cloud. As long as right? protected, yeah, have it protected <laughs> in the cloud. <laughs> have it protected. One other big thing for small business owners, in particular, or solopreneurs, is you know, your LLC compliance is don't let that not renew. So you're going to pay a bunch of fees. You're probably signing contracts in the name of your business. Your contracts are could be affected. That's like a standing issue. That can be a motion to dismiss right there is if you've established an LLC and then you let it lapse and you're having to go reinstate it. I mean, there's a period where your LLC was lapsed. And if somebody's trying to get you on a breach of contract case, that's those are the type of things that happen. That's a really that's a shockingly common one actually is that people wow, let their LLC wow. laps. Yeah. Really, really like easy, you know, motion to dismiss thing. And it's like when you're dealing with that, it doesn't mean you lost the case, but now you're paying an extra 30K. So even big businesses, I don't wanna you know, I'm not a big business, but I I wouldn't never want to waste 30k on something. No, I don't like want to throw you know? away 30k <laughs> yeah. for the sake of the yeah. Yeah. So I like I know in Florida, I think the late fee is 400 versus if you just paid like, you know, the original fee, it's like a hundred versus 600. Right. So it's, you know, you never want to pay any late fees and you never want to have any issues with your, your uh, business being having a lack of standing or being involuntarily dissolved by the state. You know, it's a compliance issue, but that LLC renewal, I'll just highlight because it's something most people listening will probably, you know, think about (laughs) on at least an (laughs) annual basis, but just something to put on your quarterly checklist so that nothing ever gets missed. Absolutely. So, so true. Wow. You've just shared some great, ma- I know we're getting towards the end of the show and I want to make sure that we, you take some time to share a little bit about, you know, you and your, your law firm and what you're up to and, and, you know, anything you'd like to offer the audience and most importantly, how they can get in contact with you. Yeah. Awesome. So I, operate my law firm on a law. We serve clients in all 50 states and we have a really good team who we focus on small to medium businesses, but we do help a lot of solopreneurs as well. And we do help corporations as well. But I would say our focus is really on that, you know, small to medium business. We 
act kind of as their out their in-house counsel, but outside of their business. So we do everything from their IP filings, just keeping up with their documents, keeping up with their compliance, things like that. And we also can point you to people in our network if you have some sort of specific employment issue, things like that. And right now, I spend a lot of time actually creating content on social media, free content that talks about all these legal issues. So if you, you know, just want to learn more and educate yourself, I would say definitely check that stuff out. I have now hired a video agency company. Actually, I'm going to be making 100 videos a month. We'll see how it goes. Wow. It'll be somewhere in that realm. And it's going to be all about things that entrepreneurs like really need to know when they are starting their business. So um, I'm very passionate about like having, you know, people who don't think that they could ever start a business, start a business because there's so much out there and people who start businesses, you know, they push humanity forward. So <laughs> I really am very passionate about it. And, you know, I make a lot of content surrounding that. I do have some freebies in, you know, the links in my bio on all my socials. My social handles are all at A-N-A-J-U-N-E-J-A. So you can always find me there. We answer all of our DMs, but you can always find, you know, I'm very easy to find. <laughs> you can Google me and find like <laughs> 10, 10 links. So, Well, Anna, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here today. We are so grateful that you had shared so much really valuable information worth gold here today for business owners. We want to thank you for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. Well, we a pleasure. And we highly encourage everybody again to reach out to Anna and Anna Law solopreneurs, small business owners, small CEOs of small companies, mid-sized companies. Also for anybody that's serious about taking their brand to the next level, to talk to someone like Anna. Anna is can help you get to that next level and helping to protect you the right way. And again, if you have any questions, reach out to Anna direct or you can reach out to us. We'll make sure to connect you with Anna as well. We want to thank you listeners joining us each and every week here, the Sustainable Success Way. Again, we are committed to bringing subject matter experts like Anna in each and every week. And we look forward to serving you again next week, next Thursday, same time, 3 to 4 o'clock East Coast time, 12 to 1 Pacific Standard Time. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next Thursday. Take care. Thank you for tuning into Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an incredible week.